So, Trent, what have you been eating recently? Well, my most recent meal was one whole frozen pizza. Um, could you eat one whole frozen pizza? I wasn't sure if I should be impressed with myself. Did you eat it frozen or cooked? No, no, no. I, deal on the... I prepared it um, in the oven and then, you know, removed it, cut it into four pieces. And then I was like, oh, I'll just eat two slices. I, each divided into quarters, that is. Not As eighths. You do. Um, That's ridiculous. Yeah, who's splitting one frozen pizza eight ways? And even if there are only two people involved, there's no need to divide it so like so excessively. But I was like, maybe I'll just have two slices, and then the two slices happened, and usually I do a little two for now, two for later, so it's like a long-term investment. But I was like, this kind of just um, started the addiction, and I needed to satiate the urge, the need to feed. But the thing I most recently put in my body was some tap water, which is notable because the Utah tap water quality is relatively low, being that my water is like vanilla-y and cloudy and opaque and not clear. What about you? You want to know an incredible coincidence, Trent? Did you just have some poor quality water also? No. Um, it's not the thing I most recently ate. That would be a cinnamon bun. Um, but I, I also had pizza today. Oh, of what variety? Um, uh, Margareti. Mine was a white pizza with a spinach on the top. This was the first time we've used Italian accents, but it wasn't like cultural appropriation for like the mm-hmm. wrong cuisine. Yeah. Yeah, which you did on the Birds of Prey episode, I believe. More than once. But um, what was the thing you were talking about? The food that wasn't pizza? I barely listen when you talk. Cinnamon bun. Oh, yeah, tell me about that. Um, Was it homemade you... or from Cinnabon? No, 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 no. Don't be ridiculous. It was from neither, actually. A third party? A third party. I went to, I had food with from panera with my friend sophia yeah your um, friend do you have any strong feelings towards panera or do you think it's hospital food like i thought you're gonna, you gonna ask me if i had any strong feelings towards sophia and i was gonna say not really Sh- strictly platonic being your friend Str- at all. Str- strictly um professional professional um i mean she is the first woman to be a part of the podcast like it, we're co-workers Exactly. Let's. If anything, let's... she's our subordinate because she was a one-time fling, and we're here every week. I'm glad you said that, Trent. Anyways, um, I I I'm a Panera's fan. Um, I've been going since birth. Religiously. My mom, my, my mother would religiously feed me from she Panera's. Would, she would breastfeed you and then give you some cheap grilled cheese. And thank you just... for putting that image in my head. Um. <laughs> As a little, uh, little, little dairy combo. I got, I got, I got the turkey bacon sandwich from Panera, which is. I've actually very had good. that. It's very good. Right. Sorry, badmouth like, Panera. Then they were like, "We'll give you. Do you want a pastry for ninety nine cents?" And uh-huh. I was like, ninety nine cents. That's Heck yeah. Nothing. That's <laughs> absolutely nothing. What can I get for ninety nine cents? Cinnabon. A cinnamon bun. Cinnabon. Was that worth your time? Oh, it was lovely. I had it for dessert today. Alrighty. Well, that gets that cold open out of the way. Let's let's do what we're here to Shall do. Shall we move on to the show? Cue the intro! Welcome back to Craft Services, our podcast where we talk about Zen movies. Each week we discuss a film and interview a crew member about their experience. Last week we talked with Steven Tabalowski, the actor who portrayed Sammy Jankis. And now we're here to talk about Memento, Christopher Nolan's breakthrough film. Here we are with my co-host, Parth Marate. Um, take us away, Parth. Well, Trent... Um, I think we can agree that our Stephen Tobolowski interview was quite a bit of fun. It was 
beautiful, it was gorgeous, it was excellent. Do you have any adjectives you want to use to describe it? I would say fantabulous. A little Birds of Prey called back. Thank you. Enough, enough wordplay. Let's let's give a brief description of the of the plot. A man with short-term memory loss attempts to track down his wife's murderer. What a succinct. Good enough. Um, while we're at it, um, do you, do you know what the budget is, or can I ask you to guess, or are you above that? I think it's I think it's three million dollars. Oh, Parth. Um, all right. Here's the little game. Multiply three by three, and then you get the budget. So just like do that math. Wait, really? It was nine million dollars in a box office of thirty-nine point nine million dollars. So it made wow like five times its money. No, that was a second movie. Yeah, after Slacker, which I haven't seen. Have you? Trent, Slacker is a Richard Linklater movie. Wait, what's Christopher Nolan's first movie then? Following. Yeah, no, haven't seen that. This either. is highly embarrassing for you. This is so embarrassing for you. Yeah, I was thinking about other Christopher Nolan movies I've seen. Should do you want me to name what what I think they are, and maybe <laughs> yes. I'll be like Jaws, and you'll be like, "You suck," and know nothing about movies, and then you'll get a new co-host. Yeah. Well, I've seen you know the Batman trilogy. That's mm-hmm. him. Inception. That is him. Mm-hmm. This. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna see Tenet next week. That's all I bring to the table here. Okay. But uh, I've seen all of his films. All Wait, of can you name them? all of the Batman movies that he's done? Can you name them by name? Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, The Dark Knight Rises. Okay, cool. But I've never cool. seen Batman Begins. I have no idea what shit goes. Down. You just told me you saw all the Batman movies. What the? What is this? I knew. I know what goes down. I know there's Scarecrow. What kind of? What kind of? What kind of prop? podcast are we running here and uh yeah, you, highly you, unprofessional you see the origin story again bruce wayne's parents die and then he, alfred's there all right and watch it it's and, a good movie uh, apparently he didn't direct slacker newsflash to everyone you want to hear the production history i want to I change sure do. the subject um so christopher nolan's brother his name jonathan jonathan nolan he wrote a short story called Memento Mori, which uh, is a Latin phrase uh, meaning remember that you will die. And a few key differences in the original written version. Leonard is named Earl and is a patient at a mental institution. And Earl convinces himself through his own written notes to escape the institution and murder his wife's killer. Unlike the film, there is no ambiguity that Earl finds and kills the anonymous man. Uh, more fun facts the mysterious killer known only as john g was actually an homage to jonathan's georgetown university screenwriting professor at the time john galvin christopher initially wrote the script as a linear story and then would go back and reorder it in the way it is on screen and check the logic which i thought was interesting um brad pitt and aaron eckhart who plays two-face in the dark knight which i have seen uh, we're, we're both considered to play the Guy Pierce part. Um, the film was shot in 25 days. Um, for the black and white scenes, Pierce was allowed to improvise for the narration because Christopher Nolan wanted it to feel like a documentary. Um, this was surprising. Finding American distribu- distributors proved troublesome, and Memento was screened for various studio heads, notably... Miramax chief Harvey Weinstein. I wonder if he would. Yeah, we don't approve of Harvey Weinstein in this podcast. Hashtag fuck Harvey Weinstein. I think we can securely say we do not stand. No. Um. Okay. Uh, although most of the executives loved the film and praised Nolan's talent, all of them passed on distributing the picture, believing it was too confusing and would not attract a mass audience. And then Steven Soderbergh saw the film and championed that it be distributed and someone buy it. And then still no one did. And then New Market, which I believe is just the Nolan's production company, decided to distribute it themselves. But Parth, you are the king of facts. Am I right? I'm just going based off of what Wikipedia tells me. No. Um, then who the fuck? Syncope. 
Syncope is um, his own company. Then who's New Market? They're just another production company. But it they made it seem in this article that no one bought it, and then that New Market independently distributed it. They 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 might have. We'll never know, and neither will you, listeners, because we're supposed to have the answers, and we've come up dry. Jonathan Nolan designed the film's website with a similar marketing strategy to the Blair Witch Project, and it was meant to uh, give further clues and hints to introduce the story and um, drum up some attention. Um, Another advertising tactic the filmmakers uh, used was just sending out um, unmarked Polaroids of Guy Pierce, of the shirtless Guy Pierce, like pointing to his chest, like the post murder picture. Um, just sending that to random people with like the word memento on it, uh, hoping that they would do some research into the weird male and then watch their movie. Um, Christopher Nolan edited the trailers himself and then sold them to cable networks like Bravo and Amy and websites like Yahoo. Um, and then the final fun fact that the triple F is that the UK edition contains a hidden feature that allows the viewer to watch the film in chronological order. And the Canadian version does not have this, but you are able to arrange the film chapters in the scene selection to go chronological the u.s release has none of these things um parth did you know that this movie was nominated for some oscars was it now Two. which ones best original screenplay it didn't win it lost to gosford park a movie i've never heard of and other nominees were amelie and royal tannenbaums all good movies and no no, no one is talking about Gosford Park. Um, and then it lost in Best Film Editing to Black Hawk Down. And then in this research, I learned that Shrek was nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay in 2002. This begs the question of what is Shrek based on? Who's responsible? And Parth, you know the controversy with um, like the invention of the Best Animated Film? I sure do. How- I, I actually just read... A book called The Men Who Would Be King, which is about the founding of DreamWorks, and it goes into the whole thing, into that whole thing of how Jeffrey Katzenberg created the thing, the that category in the Oscars, just so he could push Shrek through. Yep, and he won. Yep, uh, that's exactly what happened. Um... And now, ironically, the company he originally sought to beat out now essentially has a stronghold on that category because. They have Pixar. Because they win most years. So uh, Memento got a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, 5% of the reviews are one stars. And let's read them. Um, The first one is titled, Meh. Um, Yes, okay, it had a mild twist at the end. However, there were too many times during the film where my whole family wanted to skip to the end because it was uninteresting. I love twist endings, but this one wasn't worth it for us despite being one of the most famous twist endings of all time, this guy, who loves twist endings, wasn't satisfied. Um, Review number two, titled, What Does This Mean? This one isn't about the movie. It's just a technical um, disturbance that I thought was funny. Ordered the movie about two months ago and was just putting it in this weekend. The disc turned out to only have three chapters, each of which was just a producer's logo slash effect. No title or disc menu and no movie, just three minutes of corporate logos. Parth, imagine ordering like a fresh Blu-ray, popping it in, and then just seeing like the Miramax logo. And you paid $17 into Harvey Weinstein's pocket. Is that what you want? I'd feel ashamed. You want to financially support the one... Bob and Harvey Weinstein? Huh? No comment. And the final review is titled Navigational Nightmare Extremely Frustrating. The preface for this um, review is that in one of the U.S. releases, uh, you had to like answer a set of questions in order to access the different features, even like to start the movie. 
the catch was that all of the answers were like very blatantly on the DVD packaging. And so this guy didn't know that. And he wrote this. The film is great. Don't get me wrong. It is a five star film. Just do not buy this special edition without being warned. The special part is that the director made it almost impossible to actually watch the movie. All the great extra features on the disc two are not available unless you figure out some sort of puzzle and answer the random questions the way that the director thinks they should be answered. There are cheat sheets for navigating the menus available online, but you shouldn't have to do a Google search in order to watch something that you paid for. That's all for now. Those were really funny, Trent. I'm really glad that you told me them. Yeah. Um, was your tone genuine there? You didn't seem that enthusiastic. But No, yeah, I'm really head, happy you said that. Like so no, I'm really happy about it. And it's like you keep allowing me to do this um this portion of the show each week but it's funny because you like never are content no 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 i i think it's really funny you should keep doing it it's so hilarious see just something about this seems fishy Um, i think we should move on seems like you're trying to get out of this questioning but okay well um Enough of enough of the background information. Enough of the the pleasantries. The you want to get into know, the thick of things. I want to get into the, so deeply into your thick of things. Into the meat and potatoes. I'd like to get into your meat and potatoes. Well, there's been enough innuendo for one podcast. How about we stick to the subject and we talk? We discuss cinema like men. Okay. So you're, uh, you really like this movie. You've seen it a bunch of times. Is that right? This would be accurate. You and Christopher Nolan love each other. Seen all his movies. And his debut was the following, not Slacker. No, no that it's not Slacker. And Trent uh-huh. isn't allowed to be a co-host anymore. And Trent has a really funny section on a podcast where he talks about three reviews from I am from whatever it's from amazon.com part that you signed off on this and this is your podcast too so if you're hurling insults these all can apply to you also you allowed this to happen no trent i'm trying to comp i'm trying to compliment you if you're so it's a really great category i'm glad we do it every the week format of the podcast speak up and quit with this passive aggressive bullshit so Trent, what were what were your initial thoughts on this film? I saw it for the first time a few days ago because you forced me to because you wanted me to be able to intelligently discuss it with you because you're such a big fan. Um and I actually like really enjoyed it. Um this is one of the few movies that my father feels really strongly about. Um others include The Warriors, never seen that. And um I guess it's just it's just that in this, but as you can see, I don't really follow through on exploring my father's interests despite his constant recommendations. But mm. when you tell me to watch something, I have to because right we have a job. We have you still haven't seen Solo though, right? No, I saw Solo not once but twice in theaters because I fell asleep. Oh right, 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 the right, first time, but not after I recommended it to you. No, sadly, I beat you to it on that one. I saw it on opening Damn. weekend. You didn't have a chance. That's this is true. Um, your thoughts on the movie? Um, yeah, I think it's awesome. I think it's there's never gonna, there's never been a movie like this before. There will never be a movie like this ever again. Um, it's really you. It's just one of the most unique movies I've ever seen. Um, is this your favorite by Christopher Nolan? And it's not even my favorite Christopher Nolan movie. What is? What is? Uh, tell us. Top, um, top three. Top it's a, three. It's a toss-up between, I think Inception is his greatest like achievement. It's triumph. It's, it's the most Nolan thing he's done that doesn't devolve into his worst um, tendencies. And um, Dark Knight is obvious. That's everybody's um that's the easy answer and 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 recently the prestige has really gone up on my list um which if you haven't seen it 
You all should. Is that the one about magicians? Mm-hmm. With Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale. No spoilers, Parth. Oh, I would never. Um, is there a twist in that, too? There always seems to be a twist with this guy. Um, it's it's a twisty movie. Uh, it's it's about magicians. So, <laughs> so there's some, he's got some tricks up his sleeve, if you will. Oh, please kill me. Um, okay, yeah. So I saw this movie, and um, I really enjoyed it. Um, I had a difficult time following it, and I'm embarrassed to say that I knew that it was a chronological, but I couldn't figure out exactly. Trent, I believe you mean non chronological. <sighs> You're uh, you're really good at correcting me. Being right is so satisfying. So uh, it, well, it really is. It is. So I didn't know that this movie was non chronological, and um, but I couldn't figure out the exact format. Um, but then big smart Parth came and explained it to me as a like a re- he used a mathematical term. Say it. I said it was a sideways parabola. He said that, and then it all made sense. And then I watched it again today, and I could only think about rewatching it is a joy in of itself, knowing the structure, because then in each of the backwards moving scenes, you're thinking about how they got there. And that presents a new form of entertainment, which simpletons like me couldn't figure out the first time around. But um, enough uh, enough chit chat. Uh, Christopher Nolan directed this movie, and um, it caused him to become the Christopher Nolan we know and love because it was his breakthrough film. So uh, talk about the direction. How does that sound? If you're still um, sure. I I think this is for a movie I love so much that I genuinely think is one of the best films ever made. It's directed fine. Like it's it's not a very um, it's not a very showy directorial debut. Or well, I mean, it's not his debut, but it's like the movie that got him well known. Um, it's really pared down. Um, there's not like super long takes or crazy camera moves. Um, but I think that works in the movie's favor. Well, just I think if you got so much else going on, if there was a lot of like, yeah. elaborate in-camera like techniques, and if it was, I don't know, comp- complicated cinematography, I think that would just be too many moving parts, you know? Yeah, and and the thing is, a, a reason why this movie is aged better is because this movie works because of the script. Um, I was just going to say like that, that the script is its strongest element and that this um, to date is the funniest Christopher Nolan movie. Um, I think the Dark Knight gets a few good laughs in there. Well, I, but, um, I was thinking about that exact counter argument and then I was like, I think all of the laughs in the Dark Knight come from Heath Ledger. And that mm, was I don't know a little bit that. more of his own his own flair. And I don't know. All right. All right. Fair I enough. think he just but, um, he brought that to the table. Uh, another use of the Italian accent for for no for, for no reason. It just threw um, me. But yeah, but what I was gonna say is, I think you. Uh, what I was gonna say is, I think that if if some some other directors, if you see the script, um, you your your main job is just don't fuck this up, um, uh, like just. Just get it shot, get, get, and get it will across. be good. Yeah, well, cause... and it, it 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 will be like still leagues above whatever movie any other person makes. It's easy to say um, that this movie was made in the editing room. Yeah, and the thing is, um, having seen the Christopher Nolan of today, I think it. I think every direction choice is really intentional. Um, you can look at this movie and say really easily like. There's nothing really crazy about any of the shots or any of the um, any, anything in the way it's directed, but it is um, it's, it all feels very intentional because he as a director is very pared down, very um, he's not he's not gonna get in your face. He really wants you to just engage with the story and not on any like filmmaking wizardry he could be doing, Does it- um, which is. 
which is honorable, I think. Doesn't Christopher Nolan always wear a suit on set while he's directing? Yes. Has he always done that, or is that just, like, since making it I, I believe so. Wow. I believe so. I mean, I don't know about his first movie when he was, like, a college student and he was doing it with his friends, but... Wasn't the budget um, from what I know. Slacker, like, $10,000? Slacker? Fuck. 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 Sorry. He didn't direct Slacker. Trent, this is... This is I know I can fix this in editing, but this is so embarrassing, it, and I have to keep it in. Was It Follows really low budget, too? It Follows is a 2014 movie, Trent. What the <laughs> hell is going on? Wait, what is his called? The Following? It's called Following. Isn't The Following a different movie? That's a TV show, Trent. What? I need to find do you, a new Do you line even know work. who Christopher Nolan is? I thought, that, I thought so. Um, did, did, did The Following have a low budget since he made it in college? Probably, right? Well, following had a budget of six thousand pounds, um, and it was just like shot on weekends um, with his friends. Did, did... I'd recommend that movie too. It's um, it's available on the Criterion Collection. Um, I bought the Blu-ray for it. It's it's kind of a it's kind of a memento prototype. Um, it has a non-chronological storytelling structure too. It's um, it's it's. This movie is less so, but it, it kind of has a film noir feel to it, which is As does this. which I, yeah, um, I would say following has more of a f- film noir feel, given that it's in all black and white. Um, so when did given the, when did following come out? Ninety eight. Okay. And then this came out three years later. Okay. Yeah. But but, with, but Memento is is like a refinement and an improvement upon everything he does in following. Um and like I think I think Memento's a perfect movie. Um but yeah. So part there were actors in this movie, is that right? I just checked my notes. Um I'm told. So there was Guy mm-hmm. Pierce. There was Trinity from Matrix. Yes. There was Yes that the guy who jo- joe pantaleone the other guy from the matrix yeah i didn't who did he play in the matrix because i read that and then he he is cypher in the matrix he's the guy that turns and like betrays them the rat yeah um i just watched the matrix the other night with my dad he really likes that movie too that's the that that's the his bronze medalist it's a great movie too but my maybe dad, we'll talk about it my dad really doesn't like keanu reeves well, that's embarrassing on for his him. part. For my dad, for yeah. Kurt Algar. I mean, all, 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 all due respect to your father, but how can you not like Keanu Reeves? I, Parth, I mean, I fled the state for a reason. I couldn't be around him anymore and his opinions. But um, did you like the casting? Steven Tobolowsky? That was, hey, that was, I, think, I think that was perhaps the best casting choice I've seen in film. Because he had suffered from real live amnesia mm-hmm. from his um, surgery, and uh, he was born for this role. Um, I on on the casting end, I had no idea that Brad Pitt was originally like slated to play him, uh, Leonard, and I'm actually really glad that they didn't go with him. They because uh, I think I. No, Nolan has sort of like now started. He really likes using like film stars because um, he think they he, they lend a certain amount of gravitas to his movies, which is true. Um, but I really like that. I like how small this movie feels, and I think with movie movie star Brad Pitt in it and a larger budget, it would have. It would have lost that sort of more intimate feeling. It, it said that he refined his actor search when he decided that he wanted the main role to be portrayed by a lesser known actor for the exact reasoning you just described. But I'm surprised that following drummed up enough attention for people like Brad Pitt to consider being in his sophomore film, you know? Well, I mean, I think it was the script, really. Um, I think that script got passed around a lot because it was really 
I mean, it, that script is like fucking amazing. But like, I, have you I read it independently? I've I've never read it independently, mainly because I can't find it online for free. Um, and but I mean, it this is like an example of a movie that you you, you can tell like it was just so expertly written. It was so intricately um, written, and you can't. This 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 is a film script to a certain extent. Yeah, Stephen Tobolowsky last week said that it was what like several hundred pages. He said it was like five hundred pages long. I mean, I don't think that was literal. But... Because there was basically a shot list included within the script that gave all of the camera placements. So yeah, hence why it's so long. Well, I'm surprised he chose Trinity from the matrix movies because that was a really big production at the time and like me i'm easily able to recognize her so if his goal was lesser known actors he failed well i mean especially for the times being right after the matrix yeah i I think she's probably more well known back then but i still don't think i mean she was not like a movie star movie star um, she wasn't like leading movies on her own or co-starring in like lead movies. Um, but I, I really like that he went for, I don't want to say B actors because they're, they're not really like B actors. They're just not like, they're not front and center. um, movie movie stars. Well, yeah. They're, they're really good character actors. And, um, I, I, I think that lends a lot to, the reality of the movie do you know i think it's it's oh go ahead the actor who played teddy so christopher nolan said that he considered not giving him the role because he like looked too evil and then that his performance was so nuanced that he gave it to him anyway but i agree with his gut feeling that Actually, wait. He, the character of Teddy, works because he is like very unlikable, and you think the whole time that he's like the antagonist, and then that's why it's surprising when that is reversed, and it turns out that he's like the cop, and he's trying to help him. So, well, we don't know. We don't know. It's ambiguous. He might be. We. He might be. But yes, I agree. I I think that seemed I think he 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 seems like he's going to be an antagonistic force and then when he at the end is like I'm the good guy, it makes it so hard for you to reconcile that that might be the truth, which is I mean this is this is an example of a movie that you can only really understand it if you watch it. You can't have it really spoiled for you. Um Yeah, I I, I, it, I I agree. Like as a film student, this is thing. This is something that people talk about all the time, and it's one of those movies that you don't want to have spoiled. And even with knowing that the that the storytelling gets all crazy, um, I had been hint that had been hinted at, and still it didn't compromise the experience. But I agree that it would be hard to explain this to someone and have them actually grasp what's going on. But the yeah. the only thing I knew going in was this is the movie where the guy gets a bunch of tattoos in order to remember stuff. And then that like wasn't even like this is very memorable, but I feel like that wasn't even like that essential. Yeah, it's not like it's the the, the crux the of the movie. Premise of the movie. Yeah. Um I think I think that's something that Chris Nolan really gets into later on in his career is creating movies that can only be watched um he 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 talks a lot about subjectivity and i think this is maybe his best case for his fascination with subjectivity because it's all about how a human being can essentially condition themselves to create their own reality and forces the viewer to experience that condition that the main character has and i think it's 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 probably the best example of subjectivity that he's done yet so far yeah i think this movie is similar to inception in the way that 
he strives to like start a discussion in that what is gonna like publicize or like you're basically gonna get get free advertising by causing forcing all your viewers to talk about what they their own interpretation what they just watched yeah yeah because it's very straightforward there's no need for further discussion but when you make something all interpretive people are going to go out into the world and tell their friends and then their friends will pay to see your movie and that's business baby exactly yeah and and i i I, people like to give give christopher nolan shit um they're uh for saying by saying like he likes to make things complicated for no reason um and i i vehemently disagree with that um i think he has notable flaws that are fair criticisms um well what are the but, what are these famous flaws you speak of um i don't think they're present in this movie but i think he can in in his plotting especially now like in his later films he can make things a little too convoluted um especially towards the ends of his movies generally it sort of becomes a lot of clunky plotting um because he's just trying to do so much in his movies um i think that and because of that another problem is the pacing it can sometimes um in the first half the first halves of his movies can sometimes not drag but be a little like what's happening right now because they haven't fully laid all the 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 pieces of the puzzle yet um i think that problem really starts with dark knight rises and continues through into interstellar um he does a major course correct with dunkirk which is amazing um and then tenet kind of falls into the but we can talk about that later but um so i think no you go i think his major his major flaw um as he when he was like a younger director was that he was a little bit too pared back um he was a little too um I'm not going to direct this. I'm not going to impose too much onto this. Because he was so fixated um, on the story elements. Yeah, I think I think it works for a memento, and none of his movies have, like, bad cinematography or bad filming or anything, but they're well shot does he have and a, well lit. Does he have a through-line cinematographer, or is it different each time? Yes. he His original... So his cinematographer on his first movie was just him. Mm-hmm. It was just him holding the camera handheld. Then on Memento, he starts a collaboration with Wally Pfister, um, who works with him all the way up until Dark Knight Rises. And then he uh, they part ways because Wally Pfister wants to have a directing career, which uh, Chris Nolan helps produce his first film. Well, I have heard of and that. Then, uh, it's a, called Transcendence. It's a Johnny Depp movie. It had lots of, I think... The script kept changing. It was not a super well-received film, but it had some interesting ideas. Um, and now his go-to cinematographer is Hoyt Van Hoytma, who um, has shot, if you've ever seen the movie Her, and if you've ever seen Spectre, the James Bond movie. Um, those are, I think, his two most well-known movies for if you were to ever ask somebody speaking of christopher nolan and sometimes convoluted narratives uh this part of the show is just gonna be me telling you what confused me and you trying to explain it because i'm um small brain oh cool another another trent algaer section of the podcast cool yeah okay so why does he kill jimmy the drug dealer um because he thinks that He's the killer. Who told him that he was? The cop? Teddy? Um, no. He finds... Okay. So what happens is he is given all this information that leads him to Jimmy. Right? And what we basically find out is that there's two potential realities, essentially. One is that um the cop is telling the truth and if the cop is telling the truth that means that the cop and lenny became friends and um 
But it doesn't seem like friends. The way he explains it is more that he well, like, the, the, the the, he guy. basically the cop the cop the cop. Well, basically, what it is is the cop um, helps Le- feels bad for Lenny, and so basically keeps giving him a boogeyman to keep trying to, to find. Keep him busy. So he gives him, yeah, to give him he perfect. keeps giving him false information um, that basically will lead him to his next killer, to the next killer. So that way he has Lenny has something to keep chasing after. And Teddy, Teddy's benefiting because he's just giving this rando as like assassin criminals drug dealers that he can kill and there's no consequences and the cops are happy because less drugs on the street baby everyone wins but but the the other reality is that um teddy's lying lenny yeah that teddy's lying and that he is the killer which do you think i don't i don't think i don't think either i mean i i think the point is to not know because the the whole the whole point is that um i think one of the more interesting scenes is where he kind of um he orders a prostitute i was gonna bring that up that's like my favorite scene he pays a prostitute to play the role of his wife so that when he wakes up he's not sure and thinks that his wife might still be in the shower and i listened to the director's commentary track um for this movie a while back and chris nolan said that lots of people said that this was a scene that you could pretty easily take out but given that it's not um aggressively pushing the film forward um like plot wise mm-hmm. but the reason he kept it that he wanted it the reason that he wanted it was um it 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 planted the seed in the audience's mind that you could that that lenny could condition himself to believe anything he wants that he would manipulate himself just to make himself happy Um, yeah and the other and i think that's so interesting yeah the the other division is because the whole time he's talking about sammy jankis and how he was unable to like learn through practice conditioning um and he's different because he has this system of notes and tattoos and that's what allows him to live an organized life but then the twist is that Teddy says, you've been conditioning yourself, but not in the way you think. You've just been repeatedly telling yourself that you didn't kill your wife. Oh, wait, you know, I was wrong. I, n- not that, oh, it's not that. wrong? What a nice change of pace. Okay, okay, okay. I, 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 confu- I conditioned myself to say the wrong answer, actually. Um, it's not that Teddy might be the killer. It's that um, Lenny might be the killer. Yeah. I, I misspoke. Yeah. But want to know what bothered me? Please. Okay, so there's the scene where Trinity is looking at him shirtless and then just points to, like, a non-specific spot on his chest. A, a lot of his body isn't covered in tattoos. And she's like, what are you going to put here? And he's like, oh, maybe I'll put... M- maybe that's where I'll mark it after i kill the after i kill john g um first of all and and then like it's called back when with the polaroid picture of him pointing to the spot in his chest saying that he's like gonna get that tattoo but then he doesn't and why because i think if he woke up every morning looked at his chest and it was like you killed john g already like go about your business he could live something of a normal life i mean i think that's the point though i think the point is he's keeping that spot empty um because it gives him it gives him some drive i think that like his final monologue in the end um like his internal monologue is about how you need to give yourself something to keep chasing um to keep yourself sane um chris nolan said that one of the more the most interesting things he found about the concept is that Lenny thinks that he has a perfect system because it's all based in objectivity. It's all facts. This has to be real because I've written it down and how fallible that system actually is because you could write anything down. Um, and since you wouldn't remember it, you would just believe it. And so I think that's a little bit of symbolism if you will, if you will, cause he's trying to, he's trying to f- fill something that he never actually wants to fill. 
in his heart. Like he's he's just chasing something that he never actually wants to catch because because he's given the opportunity to stop at the end, which is chronologically the middle, but chooses not to. Can I ask one more question? Please. How does Dodd fit into this picture? I know that Trinity manipulates him into trying to kill Dodd, but how is he involved? Um, I know he had something to do with Jimmy, and di- I think he was friends with Jimmy. And right, did Trinity know that Lenny killed Jimmy? I don't know. I watched this movie earlier, and I, I, for the life of me, cannot remember. Also, do you know how Lenny goes to Natalie, that's her name, the first time based off of, like, the coaster from the bar? How does he get that coaster? It is never explained. Because she's, she's like, I have no idea who you are. And so because he's wearing, he's, he's wearing, um, Jimmy's suit. Oh, because he kills him and steals his clothes. But why does he steal his yeah. clothes? Give him something to chase. Yeah. Like the whole I think the whole point is that he does things that don't make sense just so that when he wakes up again, he has a new problem to figure he out. He has a new mystery to solve. A nice touch I liked was how there were like pages missing from his investigation file and how you could tell that he had curated it and like blank stuff out like um like the Mueller report um after sorry for the political commentary but hashtag we don't like donald trump not fans no we yeah um now you go i think that's that's it for craft services on politics yeah we don't like to get too involved um do you want to rate the movie it it's time it's a 10 out of 10 wow that was, for me that was easy yeah i think it's a perfect movie i think it there's nothing i would change i think again there is not going to be a movie like this ever made again and that's fine. what other movies do you consider perfect back to the future is the famous example well that's a- back to the future is perfect yeah i, I um, agree I think Inception's... I mean, just talking about Nolan's filmography, I think Dark Knight's perfect. Inception's perfect. A common complaint about Dark Knight is that the third act drags. And I completely disagree. And I haven't but I haven't revisited Inception. I'm sure it holds it's, up. They have similar complaints. I don't agree with either. I saw it once in 2010, and my nine-year-old body was confused. Um... But you want to know something I read about Inception, which feel free to correct. So, you know how the end scene is the top spin and everyone's like, is it going to fall? Is he in a dream? And then and then Trent's on the Internet and he reads that it shouldn't be based on the top because that was his wife's like dream indicator thing. And his dream indicator thing is his ring. And he's wearing the ring. So does that mean it is or isn't a dream? You probably know the answer. Well, I mean, not to talk about Inception on a podcast about Memento, but I think, I believe at the end of the movie, he doesn't have the ring on his finger. Is um, it? What, what, what it is, is that in the real world, he has no ring. But when he goes into the dream world, he has the ring. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the movie, he has no ring. Which leads people to believe that it's real. Oh. But the thing is, the whole movie is about him letting go of his dead wife. So, given that character development, when he goes into the dream world, he should no longer have the ring. So, I think it's left still ambiguous. Wow. Well, I will give this movie... Come on, Trent. I... I'm going to give it like an 8.5. That's it? Damn, Trent. What are these standards? It, it just like obviously What are you, what what what's what's the 1.5? What's what is it? I think I know a 10 when I see it.
and it's nothing against this movie, but there was no emotional core. I didn't feel connected to any of the characters. And I I really I disagree. Who uh, are you connecting well, I mean, who are you connecting with? I think well I mean that's a common complaint that's another common complaint of Nolan, is that people think he's a really cold writer. And I like I used to agree with that, and now I really don't agree with that because I think all of his movies are about humanity at their core and about connectivity and how people try to um connect with each other um through 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 varying degrees of success on certain movies but um i think i don't like sympathize necessarily with um lenny but i empathize with him and i think there's something i think on multiple having had multiple rewatches i really have connected with um it's really sad rewatching it knowing that this is just a fruitless journey yeah. that he's put himself on so i think the the surplus 1.5 partly comes to what i'll call the schindler's list factor which is the fact that i really have no intention to rewatch this movie anytime soon despite having really enjoyed it i think in a few years you should a few months a few years whatever Give it a shot. Give it a shot, Trent. Rewatch Schindler's List and just go through. You saw Solo twice in theaters. You can watch this a few more times. That seems like a good way to close out the program. On Solo. Yep. <laughs> well, Trent, um, I guess that's a good way to wrap this up. We had a good run. This is the end of the uh, podcast. Craft Services is shut down, effective immediately. Goodbye forever. Um. Until next we week. We hope to see you next week. Until the podcast police comes and... No, Trent, we're done. We're done. That was the end. Okay. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs>